The End of the Age, The Two Resurrections John 5 verses 19-29, John 11 verses 21-27, Revelation 20 verses 5-6 Our subject tonight is the two resurrections. The resurrection of the just and of the unjust. The one takes place at the beginning and the other at the end of the millennium. The Lord Jesus will judge the living and the dead. 1 Peter 4 verse 5 I do not think anything can be clearer than the language in Revelation 20 verses 5 to 6. Those who have part in the first resurrection are described in verse 4. Of them it is said they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Then it is stated that the rest of the dead, those remaining in their graves after the dead in Christ have been raised, lived not again until the thousand years were finished, and in verse 12 the dead stand before the great white throne and are judged according to their works. I have read from John 5 and John 11 because I think the way to understand the truth about the resurrection of life is to apprehend the truth as to the life which believers possess already in the Son of God, seeing that the power by which they have already been quickened will be extended to their bodies at the first resurrection. When Jesus came to Bethany Lazarus was already dead, and Martha said she knew that he would rise again at the resurrection at the last day. This was the common faith of the Jew. But Jesus had something new to reveal to her soul. He was the resurrection and the life. It was all in his blessed person. He, the living and eternal Son, was in the beginning with God, and in him was life, and now he was manifest in flesh, the Word became flesh, and as the Father had life in himself, so had he given to the Son to have life in himself. Well, he says to Martha, He that believes in me, though he have died, yet shall he live, and whosoever lives and believes on me shall never die. If a believer dies he shall live again, if he is alive when the Lord comes again, he shall never die. Life is the Christian's portion, and Christ died for us that, whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Martha had not apprehended the truth as to Christ's own person, nor the power of life in himself, who was the resurrection. Death lies on everything here, it is the boundary of this world, and the sentence of death has passed upon all men for that all have sinned. But here was one who could go into death and annul its power, who had the authority to lay down his life and take it again. We must look away from Adam's race altogether and find life in another before the world began. In John 1 we read, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. When there was a beginning the Word was, and the Word was God. By him all things were created, and in him was life. Here we find the source of life in the eternal Word. Then the Word became flesh, and tabernacled among men. Life came into the world in himself, and he came that the sheep might have life and have it more abundantly. But for the sheep to be brought into life, he must destroy death by entering the dark domain of Satan's power. None could do this but himself, the one in whom was life. He abode alone in the world, though by his power he quickened souls. We are looked at in the epistle to the Ephesians as dead in trespasses and sins, not one movement of life towards God, but we can now say, God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. In John 5, it is a different aspect. First the Lord speaks of the hour, or period of time, which then was, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. The hour, I need hardly say, is not an hour of sixty minutes, but a period of time, during which those morally dead in the sight of God are quickened, or made to live, by hearing the voice of the Son of God. That hour is still going on. 
It is a vital moment to apprehend the person of the Son of God in whom was life in the beginning, and then to see the life brought down into the world by his becoming man, and to see him going into death, that the power of the life which death could not touch might be displayed in his resurrection out from among the dead. Nothing can be clearer than the testimony of the Lord Jesus as to the result to the believer of simple faith in his person as the Son of God and his word. He that hears my word and believes on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment but is passed out of death into life. We do not get here merely the fact that the believer has life in the Son, but that he is passed out of one state, that is death, into another, life. The believer appropriates by faith Christ's death, which judges the state and condition in which he is found, but delivers him out of it. Life in the Son is in a new sphere outside this world of death, and is characterized in us by knowledge of the Father and Jesus Christ whom he sent. What a wonderful truth to be proclaimed in such a world as this, which in the sight of God is but a large graveyard. Think of the great metropolis with its cemeteries and thousands of dead, and think of the thousands of so-called Christians in Christendom who are still dead in trespasses and sins. Do you want to be sure that you will have part in the first resurrection? Then listen to the voice of the Good Shepherd now. He says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give to them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. The voice which called Lazarus back to life in this world is the voice which calls souls dead in sins out of their graves into spiritual life to return to a state of death no more. If you are a believer in the Son of God, then his own word is that you shall not come into judgment. He endured the judgment for us, and closed the history of the believer as a child of Adam in his death under judgment, that we might live in him beyond the judgment and this life can have nothing to say to death. It is the life in which he lives, inseparable from himself, and brings us into his relationship as man with his Father and his God. Hence on the first day of the week, the resurrection morning, his message to his disciples was, I ascend to my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. The first resurrection when the bodies of the sleeping saints will be raised is therefore a consequence of the life which they already possess, which separates them as a class from the dead and identifies them with the position and acceptance of Christ before the Father. We see elsewhere in Scripture, 1 Thessalonians 4, that the living, those believers who are alive when the Lord comes, will be changed in a moment and caught up to meet the Lord in the air, but in John 5, the Lord goes on to speak of another hour, or period of time, in which all that are in the graves shall hear His voice, and shall come forth, the doers of good to the resurrection of life, and the doers of evil to the resurrection of judgment. The Father has committed all judgment to the Son, because He is the Son of Man, but it is clear that the Lord cannot judge those whom He has quickened with His own life and associated with Himself. They are the doers of good, all others are evil doers. All His own who are in their graves will hear His voice when He comes, but it will be for them a resurrection to life, when they will have their glorified bodies, and be fully conformed to His image as man in glory. The doers of evil, that is the dead, those who have died in their sins, will hear his voice, but not till the end of the thousand years at the second resurrection, when they they will come forth to be judged for their works, and cast into the lake of fire which is the second death. Alas! How little the children of God know of the character of the life which they posses in the Son, though it is the portion of all the family of God on earth. I am come, the good shepherd said, that they might have life, and have it more abundantly, so we find him on the first day of the week coming into the midst of his disciples, and, having pronounced that wonderful word peace, he breathes on them as the last Adam, a life-giving spirit, and says, Receive you Holy Spirit. 
This life and resurrection cannot be separated from the Spirit, which is its source and power in our souls. Now, I think, you will understand from all this truth about life as the portion of the saints, why the first resurrection is a thing by itself, entirely distinct from the resurrection of the dead. It is the extension, to the bodies of his redeemed, of Christ's power, which has already operated in their souls, and associated them with himself in his own life and relationship before the Father. There is no other life for the Christian but the life which God has given to us in his Son. And there is no other place for the Christian but Christ's own place or position before God, he has redeemed you, if a true believer, body, soul, and spirit. The body is now the temple of the Holy Ghost and belongs to God and those whose spirits have gone to be with Christ will have their own bodies again. I trust the Lord may give us all to understand better what our present portion is, outside and apart from this world in the Son of God. Who is he that overcomes the world, but he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God? The conflict between good and evil is going on, and the Christian must have his senses exercised to discern between good and evil that he may choose the good and depart from the evil. We have to go on with the daily duties of this life, but this life is passing away. The world passes away and the lust thereof, and we are passing on into life. The cross is what separates the Christian from the world. Christianity is a living power where the spirit is ungrieved, but a dead letter, without life or power, where the conscience is not exercised nor the heart satisfied. We see how the Lord connects resurrection with the gift of eternal life in John 6. Whoso eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. We are not yet actually in the state suited to eternal life, though the power of the life, and the joys and affections which belong to it, can be realized now in the power of the Holy Ghost. Christ in glory is the full revelation of the life, and the state suited to it, and we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that has this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. Little need be added about the second resurrection. It is described in Revelation 20 verses 11 to 15. The dead are judged out of the things written in the books according to their works. Those found written in the book of life are not found there, and all the dead who are judged are without exception, cast into the lake of fire, where the beast and false prophet were cast at the commencement of the millennium and where the devil is cast at the end of the millennium, verse 10. May we be living, dear friends, as those who have been made partakers of the divine nature, and who bear about in the body the dying of Jesus, that the life also of Jesus may be manifest in our mortal bodies.